The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a crown vic. Oh, hey there. Welcome to another fun, exciting, shitty edition of the Very Poorly Made Police Memes Podcast. I'm your host, Lenny, the much better alternative to Larry. How are you guys all doing? Welcome to episode four, season two. This podcast, I talked to a cop out in California, but he works at a state hospital, so a little bit different gig than the folks we've talked to before, and I learned some shit I had no idea. So it's a very interesting conversation. Back half of it, we do some fun stuff from Instagram. It was a Fun conversation, really cool dude. I think you guys will enjoy it. Before we get to the podcast, so I got to give big thanks to the folks that make this podcast possible. And today, the podcast is brought to you by Elkhorn Trail Rifles. They're a law enforcement owned company specializing in the manufacture, repair, and modification of AR platform rifles. Founded in 2014 by a SWAT law enforcement officer with extensive formal training in the AR platforms, Elkhorn Trail Rifles has grown to offer both production and fully customizable weapon systems as well as the stripped receivers you need to begin your own do-it-yourself AR platform build. Our rifles are built by hand one at a time with a specific focus on reliability and accuracy. Our zero excuses warranty is simple. If it's wrong, regardless of the issue, we will fix it, period. We take what our products represent and the roles they may fill with an absolute seriousness having ourselves relied on weapon systems, both personally and professionally, with our lives. Our operational experience makes us acutely aware of the needs of the shooting public, whether you're an LEO, competitive shooter, hunter, or use your weapon systems to defend yourself or others. Failure is unacceptable. Our receivers are manufactured to our specification, machined out of a solid 7075 aircraft-grade aluminum billet, and serve as a rock-solid foundation upon which both our builds and yours may be built. Our name is on every build, every receiver, and every product we sell. We are locally owned and operated out of Cottage Grove, Oregon. You can find us over on Instagram, Facebook, and we've also started a YouTube channel bearing our name. Please head over and subscribe. It is pretty sparse right now, they say. He says, give me a break. Our owner is an old cop and he hates video cameras. Hey, like me and YouTube. But our media folks are starting to make some cool stuff. Stay tuned for that. Most importantly, to all of our active LEOs serving in their communities across the country, we see you. We've walked your paths. Hell, one of us still is. The past few years have been, frankly, dog shit for all of us. But know this. There is no one else. There is no one else that will hold a line, defend the innocent, pursue the guilty, and protect those who cannot protect themselves. As it's been said, the world hates the warrior until the wolf is at the door. Hold the line. Never quit. Protect your brothers and sisters and those whom you've been entrusted. 
and get them home safe. Stay safe. And that's from Matt over at Elkhorn Trail Rifles. So go check those guys out. I will have a link to their website, social media, all that good stuff. Well, without further ado, we're going to get into our band and then we'll get into the podcast. And up on the list today, we got the fellas from Texas, City Slickers, and their song Tonkin. And I'll have a link to their YouTube channel. Check these guys out. They're pretty badass. And we'll be right back with the meat of the podcast. And the moment you've been waiting for, the next victim to join me digitally inside of the dungeon, I have the man, the myth, the legend, Oliver, who is a cop out in the formerly great state of California. <laughs> How are you tonight, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Uh, you're my first regular cop episode of the season, so no pressure at all, okay? So oh, don't, don't worry about fucking it up at all. Oh, great. So I have to set a standard because the first episode of obviously the first poorly made police memes was much different and now it's matured it's one year old so or one season old i guess you should say yeah my very much speaking of maturity the uh, <laughs> you know, 69 episodes very mature so i was really when i saw you put up the 69th episode i was kind of disappointed because i was like i hope because i'd already started talking to you about what when i was going to come on i was like i hope the 69th episode falls on mine but uh was it Popo Med? I haven't listened. I have to be honest. I haven't listened to the last two, so I'm a little behind. But was that Popo Medic was 69th? It was. Yeah. Okay. Pope. Of course. He, he I knew, <laughs> yeah. That that just had to happen, man. The, the worst <laughs> part though about the 69 thing is because I was going to try and have him on at like 422. You know. Right. Now 420 <laughs> is not going to happen. So I guess I guess that's not going to happen. But enough no. about my shitty podcast. What are you drinking tonight, pal? I'm fancy. I'm a fancy boy. So I'm drinking some 15 year old whiskey. So that's actually all I, all I, I don't drink um, vodka or rum anymore because I'm not 15 and a half. So I got a <laughs> 15 year old whiskey instead. <laughs> Dang, man. I feel like a peasant down here. I don't got no 15 year old whiskey. That's pretty good uh, stuff. Yeah. And um, then I have, then I have an IPA, which I might crack open uh, depending on how how things start falling apart here. You know, you had me at the whiskey and then you lost me at the IPA. It's a, I, so it was either the IPA or Bud Light or Budweiser. So I was like, <laughs> it's the king of beers, man. You can't go. Yeah, wrong I guess I could have gone like really classy with the whiskey and uh, horribly uh, trashy with the beer. How dare you? All right. How <laughs> dare you? That's the king of beers. How could it possibly be trashy? <laughs> I feel like I'm letting a lot of people down because I, I don't know the next time I'm going to drink on the podcast. I, I got really oh. fucking drunk on the St. Patrick's Day one. Right. And it was basically the start of a two-week spiral. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, not to get too like too deep into my shit, but I, I'm so, trying the intermittent fasting thing. Right. And that's problematic drinking in the evening because I'm not supposed to be eating anything or drinking it's, anything. So It's high carbs, so it kind of yeah. messes that up as well. I'm only a weekend, but it's, it's so far so good. It's, I feel like it's really working out with everything else I was trying to do, but I like to drink on the podcast. So it's, I don't know, it, it'll happen eventually. So I, I hope I don't let anybody down, but you, you brought up vodka and the whole thing with it is you can, you can have stuff if it doesn't have a taste. And I'm like, man, maybe I just drink vodka water. Oof. 
But now uh, I feel like I'd be like a little kid, so I don't well, want to I mean, embarrass I, myself to you or anything. Maybe I should have prefaced it with how I used to drink was that's was my preferred drink back in the day. So I yeah. um I can't anymore. Me and my brother got really drunk, and we were probably of age to drink at this point. Probably <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent sure of that. We had McCormick's, and McCormick's <laughs> is I cannot drink vodka anymore after that experience. I, I just so much puke, so much. Puke. Is McCormick like a regional drink or a regional type of vodka or something? I thought it was everywhere. It's very, very bottom shelf shit. Okay, so less I, than Sky. Yeah, so you're. Sky. Yeah, I, I don't even know what Sky. I just know McCormick's was cheap and we were poor, so that's that's what you go with. But I know you're a fancy guy. You don't even look down at the liquor store. If it's you know not at eye line, you're not going to drink it. <laughs> if it comes in plastic, I'm not getting it. <laughs> See, that's, that's the problem. If it comes in plastic, it's cheap, and I know I can afford it. So <laughs> I got some growing up to do, apparently. So you have a very unique gig in the policing world. I believe and, so. And, and we're going to build up to that. We're going to give okay. a little – we're going to tickle people's – Never mind. I can't say that. Uh, we're going to, we're going to um, tickle people's taints. Yes, I was going to go with that. Are you ghost fan? Uh, what ghost? Mm, oh, no. disappoint me. Sorry. That that the the singer he says that a lot. Oh, okay. Maybe yeah, I knew. So I knew uh, coming into this, my music, uh, the genre of which music I listen to might be a little farther off than most of the fan base. So I was like, oh. It's gonna be <laughs> well. We don't have to talk about Star Wars and music every single podcast. Okay, all right, we all can, right. but what, what, what you brought it up? What do you listen to? I listen to a, a variety of stuff. I mean, I listen to like uh, during our our workout at work today. I was trying to. I was in charge of the uh, playlist, and I was uh, a lot of the officers I work out with. They they listen to like you know heavy metal or classic rock and stuff like that. And so I was like, I'm sorry, guys. I'm not gonna have any of that and so we ended up listening to like lincoln park which was a happy compromise or a fair compromise between the two so like stuff like that or a little rap and hip-hop that's kind of what i grew up listening to so i you know when i was a little kid not like little little but i don't know like fifth sixth grade i really liked rap music um mm -hmm. you know like you know puff daddy and biggie right. and all those dudes and i don't know it just i I don't know. I just grew out of it. I mean, some of it, I'll hear it. And I'm like, oh, I fucking remember this song. This fucking jams, right? But, <laughs> you know, it, yeah. taste change over time. Yeah, my tastes have changed a little bit over time. Like, I, I went through a phase where I, like, listened to, like, uh, what's it called? Um, like, electronica, like, that kind of genre of music. I forget what it's called. There's, like, trance. Not trance, but that, like EDM. I guess it's called EDM yes. now. Yeah, and that's so, listen to that. Listen to while. that sandstorm song all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. That it was during that. It was during, obviously during that period too. So, uh, so I just if you look through my Apple playlist, it's just a random assortment of all the different types of music that were popular and every offshoot of it from there. Everybody on Earth liked that song, though. I'm just I'm telling you that that song transcended everybody. Yeah, everybody cool. listened to sandstorm, right? Was that Darude? Yeah. Darude? <laughs> that might be the early that's a front runner for the name of the podcast all right, all right. we are going to actually talk about what you do though okay. uh, that's fine. <laughs> so you're a cop in i guess i i don't know what the pc the way to call it anymore but a mental institution right 
Yeah, yeah. It's just, I mean, they're, wherever you are in the U.S., the state hospitals are mental, they're mental state hospitals. So anybody going to a state hospital is going to be for a mental health reason. So, and we're, we're mental health cops and they're all over. I know a big one is in New York. They have a big precinct or one of their divisions because their patches all look the same, but one of their divisions is a mental or state hospital police as well. So, uh, because what they're state and county, or they have the state state police look the same, or state patches look the same. So, yeah, I I got to be honest with you. I before talking to you in just a little bit, I <laughs> I really don't know anything about it because I don't think, as far as I know, I don't think Colorado had a police department specifically for the state right. hospital. I, yeah, usually they're not full peace officers, um, or like they're contracted out to like be like security guards, which. Some might argue we are close to it, but that's a different story. <laughs> well, and we'll get into all that, but I'm going to do a little radio trick and I'm going to make you listen for a little bit more and then we'll talk about it, um, right. <laughs> which, by the way, I hated. But here we are. Yeah, you, you've got to listen. you got to come back after the break. Got it. We'll, after the we'll, break, we'll we're going gonna to tell you what happens. But first, um, I got caught up watching a video the other day. It was like some it was like, I don't know, the kid woke me up at like three in the morning i couldn't fall back to sleep so i'm just went downstairs i'm scrolling through my phone and i swear to god this guy had me for like an hour on this weight loss thing and i'm like this is bullshit it's gonna be complete bullshit it ended up being complete bullshit but fuck i watched for like an hour like all right and then one second i'm gonna tell you what you're gonna have to do to change your life god every time but anyway how long have you been a cop for um i guess i i started in 2015 that was my first academy uh things didn't work out the way i planned um I've been here four years with my current agency. Uh, I did some dispatching in between, um, which was kind of fun. Uh, learned a lot doing that, but it was not for me. It was not to be either. So uh, about, what's that, five, seven years in the law enforcement field in various forms. Okay. Yeah, I think dispatching, you know, we like cops shit on dispatchers quite a bit, but in its own regard, it is a tough job that a lot of us, that have been cops or that are still cops could not do efficiently. Mm-hmm. You I know, think it's I, a good time. Like I wish our FTO, or I wish a lot of FTOs uh, programs, I guess I would say would put, excuse me, the officers in dispatch for, you know, like a week, at least a week or maybe a couple of days um, just to get that experience. Because like when you're an FTO, when you're, when you are an FTO and you're trying to teach somebody brand new <clears throat> to talk on the radio and they act like it's like this big, bad thing or, um, they're just scared of talking and you're literally like, you just have to talk. That's all you got to do. And so at least being there, it kind of helped me with that aspect of it going to going onto the other side. Didn't have to be as uh, worried about it. Yeah. The first time you pick up that mic and you have to say anything to it, it's uh, it's always rough. It's, I find it entertaining when the rookies get on and they start, you know, trying to fumble through shit. <laughs> of course, that's always like a busy day. And you're like, God, they picked a horrible day to come out, didn't they? Right. And they're talking and talking and giving their whole dissertation of disposition on there. Yep. So what did you do before law enforcement? I worked in construction. I did work for a couple of various companies doing like service, like I was a service technician for a while doing uh, warranty work. I had my own business doing warranty work uh, in in the construction field, which was was kind of fun because I got to travel and go to all these really nice homes uh, in my area, like in the really rich parts of the area, Um, see all the homes I'd never afford to live in. But uh, 
you know, it got, got kind of tiring and, and it's not what I wanted to do. Cause I had been applying to police departments throughout, you know, the past like five or six years, but just couldn't get hired on cause it was super competitive out here. Um, so just kind of waiting for the right time, right moment, got on list eligibility list, but just couldn't get a call back. So, yeah, I feel like at least back when I was looking to get into law enforcement, cause I, I think I, applied a few places maybe two or three years before I actually got hired and you know I'd apply here or there and, and it, it was tough you're right you didn't get calls back it was super competitive it was I, I it was kind of like for me it was like the whole matrix thing right no, nobody nobody makes the jump the first time right not even neo kind of um, thing. I don't know I had one friend that like he <laughs> me and my friend another friend had gotten hired at a police department on my first department and uh he was like, oh, I think I'm going to apply because, you know, all his friends were applying. He applies, first department, first interview, gets hired by this, like, really high-paying agency. So we kind of like, like, really, dude? Like, <laughs> like this is how it worked for you? How did, how, how did you pull that off? Well, so, I guess, so maybe he is the exception to the rule. Yeah, he, he was the exception. Yeah, I want to say it was probably, oh, I don't know. The department I got hired at was probably my fourth or fifth time applying over the years mm-hmm. so I, that's just how it was but now i shit i would think now it's you know if you got a pulse you're probably a shoe in at this point yeah i mean everybody you drive uh, a couple of local departments where they have uh like the marquee trailers like the traffic control trailers they have one retooled to say that they're hiring <laughs> like on the freeway um and everybody's put their banners back out uh i'm supposed to be hosting or I don't know if it's called hosting, but attending as a representative uh, recruitment fair uh, next month. And, you know, it's going to be weird because there's going to be tons of competition and we're probably going to get like outbid by the other departments. But that's how desperate they are is we're doing recruitment fairs, which is pretty unheard of for us, at least. Yeah. And I know a lot of places now have signing bonuses, which is wild. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, those are very tempting too because they're like you. And it used to be they'd make you wait until you pass probation for a lot of them, but now like almost everybody is. We'll give you half up front just to, just to get you in the door, and then the last half after you pass probation. Yeah, what was the draw for law enforcement though? Why why law enforcement? Not why not another field? I mean, obviously the cliche answer that I think I've heard a couple times, like being able to drive fast, you know, have fun, work with a good group of people but then again i think working with a good group of people that's that was kind of always my mindset like doing that being able to look out for people that couldn't protect themselves and just the opportunity to like i i didn't want to go the military route and so i think this was like a safer or a i don't want to say lesser because it doesn't it's not lesser but just a different alternative for it fair enough so policing in a mental hospital that is a very unique gig in itself. Mm-hmm. What's what's a typical day there? If uh, there is typical one. Typical day. The, I mean, it kind of comes and goes like in waves. And surprisingly, uh, just because it's applicable, the during COVID, like we were locked down pretty hardcore uh, compared to, you know, well, you know, compared to other cities where they were like told not to be proactive because they didn't want like exposures or whatever their reasons were behind it. But we and so we were kind of the same way. Um, and so it was surprising that we didn't have more work because, you know, these people are, let's say, how do you say <laughs> they, they need they need routine. 
And so if you upset that routine, generally that can cause outbursts and stuff like that. So a typical day is usually a couple calls um, and it's usually just assaults. Uh, sometimes there's other stuff that we have to handle. Like we have to stand by with our civilian staff to help aid them, help them with certain things with certain patients to make sure they stay safe. And we really are there as like just peacekeepers, like just to keep the peace or to take a report because a lot of stuff is uh, after the, you know, we're just like outside, we're or like a regular patrol officer, we're responding after the fact. So we're, we're kind of like a hybrid between custody and, and regular police. So cross between like uh, jail staff and patrol because um, we have inside and outside things going on. But uh, generally, we're there after the fact. So we're there to, like, maintain the peace or to take a report. So that's, okay. that's generally what a lot of it is. Okay. So now does the hospital, do they have, I guess, different layers? Do they have, like, a security team, too, like security guards? No, no. They just have the hospital police. So, okay. But then again, the the civilian staff are also tasked with, not I don't want to say similar responsibilities, but or the same responsibility, but similar because they're responsible for also like maintaining peace and they can also intervene in, in certain like physical aspects. Like if there was a battery going on, they can intervene and like hold a suspect until we get there. And then if needed, we can take over or they can just take the whole thing as far as like uh, keeping custody of the person, because we're not out there like arresting people because they're already in custody technically. So there's, there's a whole lot of caveats to it and like intricacies as far as like regular police work. Like you couldn't just come off the street and like get everything down because we're not like if somebody commits a crime, we're not taking them to jail because they don't need to go to jail because they're already, you know, in a custody like environment. I got you. I guess since we're there, let's talk about that. So as far as taking people to jail, you don't do that typically because people are already in custody now is anybody are people that are there are they everyone in the state hospital has been put there by the courts right so a couple of the the state hospitals are a little different they have both uh like um conservatorships and uh they're called pc patients where they are there right for like a, a penal code reason they're serving out time like either they pled insanity or they're unfit to stand trial. So they're there to gain competency, it's called, which does happen. You know, they have, there's like a two-year commitment period where they're supposed to gain competency and then they get evaluated after that period. Um, So there's those ones. And then there's also, like I said, the ones that are on conservatorships where they're they're probably going to be there for life for the most part because they're unable to take care of themselves safely and they're a potential danger to others outside. So they have to be their wards of the state pretty much. Okay. So you can, you're not going to have somebody in that hospital that is basically walking off the street and says, Hey, I'm crazy. I need help. No, we don't, we don't do holds anymore like that. That They have to go to a County facility. So we we don't accept walk-ins. Like if somebody, we have people show up and they like want to commit their family member for a hold. We can, we'll we'll evaluate them and transport them to that facility. Okay. Now, is the state hospital like a prison in the sense, is there like a big gate and a big fence around it? 
or no? Yes. So we have a, it's not as, there's different level, different hospitals have different levels. Uh, the one I'm at is a little like a medium level. So it's not as, it uh, doesn't look as aggressive as say like a state or, a, you know, federal or even a state prison. Um, but a couple of the other ones, the other state hospitals do. But yeah, we we do have a secure area with like a sally port and barb high fence with a monitor and barbed wire on it. And everything, everything regardless is still locked up. Like you, we have security measures in place. Now in the hospital, are you guys allowed to be armed? Negative. We are not. That's, that's a bit of a controversial topic. Obviously inside the secure area, just like a jail, like a, a jail or prison that that doesn't fly anyways, but outside that's a different story. And we are not still not armed, which is really weird. Okay. So you guys aren't armed at all. Negative. Well, we have a division that is, but a majority of us are not. Okay. I don't know if you can speak to what, what kind of role do they have? Are they like kind of on standby type of thing or are they kind of around with you guys too? Like, I don't know if you listen to the episode with the, the guys from Europe where there's like, well, there's unarmed guys that are cops and then there's armed guys that are cops. And we all, <laughs> we're all kind of out at the same time, but different, like you're basically, you're certified to carry if that makes sense. Right. So it's weird. We are certified to carry, but we're just not, we just don't, which is, I don't know, it's a political thing, I think, um, in my opinion. But uh, it's kind of like that, like kind of like the European model where we do have armed, uh, I don't want to say out loud how many armed officers we have, but we have an armed division and they, they, they are there to respond if needed. Um, we're lucky where we work. We have couple other agencies that are right there and so if we had something we really needed they would be able to respond um you know in they'd be able to respond promptly and take care of it so it's not a huge worry i mean it is a worry but it's not a huge worry but yeah they do work alongside of us they they do more of the investigation type aspect and so that's that's what they're utilized for uh during most most times i gotcha thinking out loud here for the most part you probably would not need an armed person there because it's a lockdown type facility but i would assume that it's people can come and visit right right so that's that obviously that is the worry is more like yeah we may not we may not, may not need the armed officer inside but what if something happens outside or somebody gets inside whatever the case is and we have to like defend somebody or they have a weapon of any sort and we need to be able to you know you know neutralize them or whatever that is or defend against that or like you said just like yeah people can come in on visit people can come onto our grounds outside like uh the administrative areas and so that's that's kind of what we, we always worry about is that aspect like the public rather than the the patients well and i i would assume that the you know it happens in prisons all the time where somebody comes to visit and they slip somebody you know whatever it is the right. you know contraband into the jail so i would assume that's probably a possibility in that regard too yeah i think it is i mean right now our i think we we do have in-person visits right now so um, i think they're really limited our officers there uh, in the visiting area work work really well to keep it safe and seeming to watch for stuff like that so we haven't had that I'm familiar with, at least since I've been there, we haven't had any issues like that. Um, but, you know, it can always happen. And it's always, it's not, 
if it's when, and that's why I would say is, you know, when this happens, <laughs> then we need to be prepared for it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I guess I would think just thinking out loud, I, I get not necessarily having them. I don't know. It, for me it, being in, you know, I was obviously in a different side of law enforcement on the street mm-hmm. and I always felt uncomfortable, you know, locking up my gun <laughs> going to the jail. Right. But it's like, right. well, we don't, we can't have a gun in jail. Nobody has gun. It, I get it. It, it just kind of is what it is. I, I think there's an argument to be made, but I get it. I, I think that's kind of the status quo for any lockdown type facilities. They don't want weapons in there. Okay. Yeah, but it, it still is weird coming to coming to work armed and then like doffing your gun to go police and like do police things. So it's always really odd, odd feeling. Okay, so then that's weird to me too. Do they want you guys carrying you when you're, I guess, off duty? Yeah, we could. We were filled. We we are free to carry off duty. You know that's that's not an issue at all. Full police powers like every other agency. So we you know under our PC for the state. So we have no issues with that. It's just the just on grounds and it's just this weird atmosphere or attitude towards it that they haven't been able to overturn um, over the past decades that it's been been an issue. Fair enough. So let's kind of turn back to the the daily life of what you do. So you said, you know, you guys respond to assaults and things like that. Mm-hmm. Are those typically like resident versus resident type thing? Yeah, yeah. Generally, they're resident versus resident. Like people like voices told me to do this. So I'm going to like, you know, hit that guy or I'm going to punch him. Uh, before he punches me or some people, I think, I don't want to say they're malingering, like they're pretending, but they do kind of know what they're doing. I feel, you know, after years of dealing with them and like seeing the same person do the same, like you could almost write the report with your eyes closed and just change the dates because it's so similar to the previous one, you know, or multiple times per week of the same person doing the same thing. So, uh, but yeah, generally it's like a peer versus peer or patient versus patient, whatever I want to say. But then occasionally we do have staff get uh, assaulted and that's usually a bigger issue because they usually, if they're assaulting staff, they, I don't want to say 50% of the time, but the, there's a good chance they've seriously injured the staff member um, if they've gone after them. So, because they usually know like, Hey, like I'm not, you don't hit staff. Like there's, there's that kind of attitude, even though they have a mental issue, they know like, Oh, I don't, you don't hit staff. You don't hurt the people that are taking care of you. Cause like, they're the ones passing the meds, getting them their food, doing all these things for them. So even the ones with serious mental conditions kind of recognize that. Do you guys ever file charges on people? Or are these basically informational reports? Uh, I'd say 80% of them are informational, but no, we do, we do file, like if they, if they reach a felony level, we'll file charges, but again, we'll file the charges, but the uh, DA may or may not pick them up depending on like the level of injury. Um, And again, just because of the custody aspect of it, because if we take them out of our facility, book them into jail, uh, the jail isn't necessarily equipped to care for this person safely so that's that's another issue so the da kind of makes we leave it up to them to decide whether they want to file but we do our due diligence in filing the charges writing the felony case doing all the paperwork and whatnot and submitting it 
and it's not like they're going anywhere. So it's not like we have to worry about like, oh, well, this person's going to, you know, we're going to have to write a warrant later. We don't have to worry about that for the most part. So, yeah. And just for the people that aren't in law enforcement, where where I was going with this, with the informational report is, is for the most part, if somebody has them, because we would get called to these two, um, at least my jurisdiction, you get called to a hospital at a lockdown unit where, you know, somebody's not sane. So they're in this lockdown mm-hmm. unit and they'd assault the the worker in there and there was always this debate well you know go take them to jail and to me there where's the culpability they're they're not right right now that's yeah. part of the that's part of the charges is having the right culpability to do to commit the crime right so that that was always this back and forth thing and that was always interesting in my jurisdiction i'm sure other people deal with that as well but that's why you have the whole you know guilty by reason of insanity <laughs> is because right. You're showing that they don't have the culpability to commit the crime. So that I would see in in your circumstance, a lot of it is basically just kind of record keeping, too. Yeah, yeah. And it is. I mean, like we'll build a bunch of cases. I mean, they may be misdemeanor cases against somebody. And then one time he hit somebody with a a cheap felony. And then the DA is like, oh, we'll pull all these other misdemeanor charges that he's, you know, that we've, you know, ignored and use that to build a better case against him um, or to move him to a different facility even. And then again, it's on us as the officers to investigate sufficiently to where we can find, you know, to establish the elements, see if they have intent, all that. That's kind of what we're, we try to be Excel at because like you said, we have to find out if they actually understood what they're doing, because obviously they don't have intent to commit this thing. They're just acting out based on their, uh, mental condition, then you can't really not, I don't want to say hold it against them, but you can't really use that. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. let me ask you this. Cause that, that kind of got my wheels turning a little bit here. Got my cop brain working a little bit. So they're <laughs> technically everybody there is in custody. Mm-hmm. Anytime you want to talk to somebody, that's always Miranda, right? No, we have a different advisement. Uh, well, we, we will use Miranda for, for felonies just to be safe. But we have a different, it's called a behealer, um, where it's really similar. Like, all it is is, like, you can talk to me if you want to. You don't have to answer these questions if you don't want to. Uh, depending on the atmosphere that you're in, you can either say you can leave or I, you can tell me to leave um, at any time. And then you ask them if you understand. And then do you want to talk to me? And they'll generally say yes. Sometimes they'll say no. The same people say no all the time. So that's that's what we use instead of Miranda. I got gotcha. you. And for all the, uh, I know there's a few people here and there that aren't cops. Miranda is basically, you have to issue somebody, issue them. You have to advise them of their Miranda rights anytime that you're, they're in custody and you're talking to them about a crime. Right, interrogation and custody. Exactly. Yeah, but but this one, because they're like, it's a a loose form of custody, (laughs) like they have free reign because we're almost in their house as it is, you know, as it were. Um, so they can they can leave and they're free to move about. Um, but yeah, depending on the crime that they've committed, then we actually would Mirandize them. So I gotcha. And then just to expand on that a little bit, the Miranda thing, it is it's a little more complex than it seems. It seems really easy when you say it like that. But then there's a lot of uh, debates about, you know, when is custody, blah, blah, blah. It's people make right. it a lot more difficult than it is. But there there are some nuances in it. So it's, it's not, not exactly only as soon as the cuffs go on. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because you work in that kind of environment, I would assume that something that would come up is occasionally people would say, 
hey, this uh, whoever, you know, the nurse or the staff, whoever assaulted me or did this and that. I would suppose you guys would investigate that too, right? So that's why I forgot to bring up. So yeah, on top of the assault cases that we take, um, the the accusations of like uh, mistreatment, because they fall under the code, the penal code where they're protected, like a protected party. Um, well, not a protected party, a protected class, excuse me, um, the dependent adult. So they're dependent adults. So yeah, we take a lot of those. Um, and that's like, the, we will do an investigation and then we'll send it to our investigations unit to follow up um, and do like a, the, well, they do follow up. So they'll do additional interviews if needed and whatnot to, to see if that's, if there's any validity to it. Um, but yeah, that, that is a huge one that we get. And usually like, it's like a accusation of abuse or like sexual abuse of some sort. So we, we do deal with that a significant amount. Now you mentioned you guys have folks on the outside too. What do they do that's different than the people on the inside? Um, it's, it's the same. I mean, like the, we have officers inside, we call it inside the fence. They're inside the secure area, but it's the, it's the same officers. Like they have the same level of training. Um, it's just, I would say the only difference between obviously inside and outside is the like interaction that they potentially would have with the public because they're inside the secure area, obviously. Um, but the, if you're talking about the investigators, they're the only ones that would, they're kind of like our liaison to the DA's office. So they're like our detectives unit. They just have a different, a different label. They're our detectives. So they, they handle the more complex investigations that's what they they go to all their trainings for, and that's what they're slated slated to handle. Well, uh, maybe I'm not very articulate. Well, I guess what I more meant is uh, you mentioned you guys had actually like people outside. Oh, I see what you're saying. I'm sorry. Yeah, so like, those, out, those are just outside, a regular out, actually outside. Did you guys just basically rotate through kind of thing, or no? So those, uh, yeah, we do rotate through for the most part. Some people enjoy certain assignments, so we uh, are assigned that for like a whole year um like we rotate through like i know some departments like uh change their bid like every quarterly or whatever yeah but um we we do it every year um except for a few assignments are like two-year assignments two or three-year assignments um but i was in talking about the other people outside those are like our we work closely with the sheriffs and the police department uh in our area those those are the outside agencies i was referring to no, we're completely missing each other. Oh, um, dang. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like literally, like standing outside of the 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 building, like. Oh no, that's that's still us. That's still us okay. out there. Yeah. Okay, I did. I just didn't know if it was like one of those things where you have like you rotate guys in and out of the building, or basically you have free reign until you get a call. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We we. I mean, like you can be as proactive as you want, or you can be, uh, you know, go call to call, or as you're dispatched um like that I, I see what you're saying now i'm sorry <laughs> no it's okay poorly made so when you say proactive what is, what does a proactive guy do at that so game? in our particular area there's we're like in the middle of a city uh we're across the street from a college um we're also across the street from a homeless shelter and as you know there is a homeless problem everywhere <laughs> so you know we get people trickling in here and there, not as much as before, because we, you know, because of COVID, it's kind of changed some of our protocols and the way we do things. Um, but 
that it's still an issue once in a while. So we, we have to, you know, be proactive with that. And then uh, like parking issues, just like small, let's say small city stuff, because we're like kind of our own little city, like internalized. So just taking care of like parking issues, parking complaints, security, like just building basic building security. Now, this is a weird oddball question, but if there was a car accident on your property, who takes it? It's us. It's it's on it's on our state property, so we take it. Okay. So uh, anybody that used to work with me, you know why I just asked that. Um, <laughs> Do you not like it? You you try to kick it as far as you can. No, because there there may or may not have been a jurisdiction where shit would happen in their jurisdiction and they'd be like oh that's yours we're like no you motherfuckers you don't have dick else to do go take this that would be an interesting department to get on my podcast but that's a story for another day now the one you could you could uh if you find somebody if you find a bark cop uh there from the bay area if you get one of them on you can probably ask them that question and see if they're able to answer that I, i don't know any particular like anybody exactly but i just have heard stories how they kick a lot of stuff because they go through different cities. They're like the, the rapid transit through the cities. And so they'll try to kick stuff to the, you know, whatever agency is that, that they fall in. Interesting. Yeah. That would, <laughs> that would actually be a really good podcast to talk to a Mark guy. Cause I know there's a ton of those dudes. Um, what about traffic stops? Do you guys have like guys in patrol cars or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, we do. So I'll, I'll do, I like doing traffic stops because it's, you know, real police work rather than just dealing with uh, mental patients all day. So it's something that keeps those skills fresh. Plus, again, like I always preach, like as an FTO, like it's not uh, if, it's when. So you're going to have to do stuff. And it says police on our car, says police on our badge, on our uniform. So people, the public doesn't really care what we think we specialize in. It's more of like, you know, they expect us to do stuff. So sometimes, and sometimes we're just kind of forced into it. Like if people, like I've caught a couple DUIs, people just coming in and they don't know where they're at. So there's stuff like that, or people walking, homeless people walking in, or excuse me, uh, what is the correct term? Residentially challenged or unhoused. Um, so they just kind of walk right into you and you got to handle business, be able to handle business. So, and plus the way to find stuff is by doing traffic stops. So. So you're making traffic stops without a gun, though. I know it's pretty well, pretty frowned upon. But you, kind of, like I said, you're kind of forced into it, and you, we we have numbers, so we we do it LAPD style. We just like you know show up in mass and hope for the best. I, I I'm kind of surprised that you guys have a big enough property where you you have enough room to do it. Oh yeah, we we do we do where we're at. Some of the other ones aren't as uh, well. Actually, maybe one or two of them are, but uh, yeah, some of them are not. So if you get a DUI, do you, uh, you take them to the county jail or what do you do with them? Um, so we, <laughs> that, that is when we will kick to the troopers. Oh, uh, we'll call them. I'm sure they um, that. Yeah, yeah, they, they do. They, well, actually, they do usually. Um, but they will, they have to take it from us. Oh, it's like a, well, I mean, at least it's a state jurisdiction to a state jurisdiction. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll do, we'll do as much of the work as we can for them and then just like have them do that part. Like do the, um, I mean, all of us are, or a lot of us are certified to do like SFSTs and whatnot, but we're not fully equipped as a, like a patrol unit. So we can't like take BAC, um, 
we wouldn't be able to do any of that anyways. So it'd be better to just let them take that huge chunk rather than do like half half of it and mess it up for them. Fair enough. Now the specialty that you've got is you do the canine thing, right? Yes, sir. So what? I guess I'm bad at doing interviews. What? <laughs> poorly made. What is the? Uh, so does that change your day at all? Yeah, it does change my day. So I get to it, it gives me a little more freedom than the regular patrol officer. So I'm able to like kind of move around as I not as I please, but as needed, well, a little bit as I please and as needed um, to try to do like interdiction and whatnot on the site because we do try to keep drugs from getting into the facility. Um, some have it easier than others. I think I was just talking to one of the other canines today that um, he gets a lot of uh, drugs into his facility or he catches a lot of the drugs that are coming into the facility. So, and he, he gets a lot of them or there's a lot coming in. So um, that's what we try to prevent getting those in because uh, obviously if the patients get those, they're supposed to be on the legal kind of drugs. So we can't have them doing all the uh, extracurricular ones. Now, when you're looking for drugs coming in, is that, you know, visitors coming in type thing, or will people actually try and sneak in? The um, it's, it's through, I mean, some visitors have tried. That's not as common. It's more, I uh, hate to say it, but it's more so the staff or through the mail. Like those are, uh, those are the two biggest channels where they try to move stuff in. How long have you had your dog for? Uh, I'm actually like brand new. So I haven't even, I've had her for nine months, it's been nine months. Now, I know canines, and I don't know, actually, let me rephrase that because I don't know dick about it. <laughs> Canine takes a long time to get the dog trained up, right? Is your dog certified or are you still working through all that? No, the, she's certified, but it does take a long time to get, I mean, the dog will learn really quickly. It's more so the handler that has to learn the dog and learn environments that the dog works best in or how to get the dog to work in those environments. So that is what takes a long time. So um, I'm still learning. I, obviously, I'm still learning. This is not like police work where you can kind of get the hang of it in, you know, your first year or so. And then, like, you just go call to call. And as you experience those calls, you get them. Um, it's it's a little more, I don't want to say complex, but just a different aspect of, of policing where you're, you are learning because you're handling. It's like having a toddler that you got to take to work. That's really a, a smart toddler <laughs> that you got to take to work and try to like work with them and learn their idiosyncrasies and learns their in learn their ins and outs and whatnot. That was the, maybe the biggest word ever uttered on the podcast. Oh, maybe I, that could be the word of the word of the day. I didn't want to use that as the word of the day, but maybe it could be that be the word of the day. I, I actually, I murdered the word of the day. I think, I think it's over. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I mean, you know what, just for you, we'll bring it back. So you, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Just for you. Now, right. are your dogs trained in multiple things? Like, is it basically just looking for dope or can, you know, can they find, you know, d drugs? So they, you know, they bite dogs, all that good stuff, or just, uh, we have, everybody has a single purpose dog. So we don't have any apprehension dogs, unfortunately. Well, unfortunately, I guess for some, if you want to run it, here's your chance. Um, but no, we just have single purpose dogs just because we do work in a facility. So our idea is that you don't want a apprehension dog around in those tight spaces, working with people that you already have in custody um, just for 
probably looks for the sake of looks. But we have some electronics dogs, um, the, the narcotics dogs, and then we have the other state uh, agencies available to use like their bomb dogs and their other dogs. So what's an electronic dog? Like, does he type reports or what? (laughs) (laughs) He probably could. He looks like he could, Uh, but no, he's looking for phones and uh, like Wi-Fi hotspots and USB devices, stuff like that, because they're, uh, they're not allowed. Some facilities don't allow any of those. And some do ironically. But uh, they can't have, obviously, nobody can have cell phones. Uh, nobody can have external storage devices. So that's what they really target. Um, so that, that's what we're looking for. The last question I can think of, unless I, I missed something, because I, I'm sure there's more to it than we could possibly go over in you know, a couple <laughs> hours. But yeah. if, and this is a weird ass question, but if let's say a resident dies, mm-hmm. you know, just a normal natural death, do you guys take the report on that or do you guys call in another agency? So we, it's kind of a redundancy. We take the, we take a report. Um, actually, we take a report. The detectives take a report. We do call the coroner because they have to, they're mandated to take a report. I forget. I just learned this last week, actually, why they have to take it. Uh, but yeah, they take a report as well. Um, and then they take the body generally for an autopsy. But yeah, we, we do have to take that. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't sure if like an outside agency was called in or anything like that, but just, no, just my own my own curiosity. And, yeah, I and think most for, places, if it was like a murder, I think um just because we haven't knock on wood, we haven't had one in a while. I forget if we even do anything with it, but just for uh just regular patient deaths um that are even unexpected, uh we we still take that report. Okay. Is there anything else that I haven't asked that you think would be beneficial for the millions of people that listen to the podcast here? Um, well, I mean, it's kind of funny that you didn't know about us because even sometimes our closely neighboring agencies are like, are police here? Like when they pull in to drop off people because we get new, uh, new patients every, you know, throughout the, throughout the week that are coming in from there. You know, they just got there they're finished their court and they're getting sent to the state hospital. So we're getting people like rotated in and out and they'll be like, they, you know, they aren't familiar with our agency either. So uh, I think it's a good experience to have because, and that's kind of why I wanted to work here to begin with is because of like the, the uptick in mental health issues. And so you learn how to talk to people and obviously kind of our, our handicap with not having guns, um, kind of forces that where you have to talk to people. So I think it's a good experience to have um, kind of coming here and working here. Um, you learn that old verbal judo. You, you learn how to talk to people to try to get to, you know, get comp- uh, compliance, get information even, because obviously it's challenging to interview somebody who has um, a serious mental condition. So, and I think obviously more officers across the U S or across the world, probably, but definitely in the U S are getting that experience, but we kind of have, I don't want to say we were the first ones, but we probably had started the earliest on it at least. I don't know why my mind went here, but I'm curious, do you guys have a pretty good relationship with the civilian workers there? Yes, we do for the, you know, unless we're getting after them, but no, we do because we work so closely with each other. 
and we talk to them and they we kind of know or we do know that they are the first responders because they're there with the the patients like directly we're not at least uh, where i'm at we don't sit we're not there hand in hand with them dealing with the patients so they they take a brunt of it in dealing with them so a majority of them we get along well with um and they're they're kind of our lifeline to like find out information and if something happened they're going to be our witnesses um our reliable witness i should say so do did you guys get any issues from staff or people you deal with on a regular basis last i guess that wasn't even last year um man time flies when you're not having fun 2020 with yeah all the 2020 stuff the george floyd brianna taylor Uh, all the stuff did you guys get any of it from the staff there or was that uh, I don't I don't recall anything specific. We were kind of prepared for stuff, but nothing ever happened with us particularly. And I think, again, that was because people didn't know we were there, which was nice. You know, ignorance was bliss with that. Uh, but no, from the staff directly, I can't recall anybody like, you know, giving us attitude or guff because we were cops. And um, I think our demographics were kind of like didn't lend to that idea. But uh, um, no, I, I don't recall any, any incidents like that or related to that, at least. Fair enough. Well, the next thing I wanted to get into and have a little fun and do something a little bit different than we normally do is you met when I, when I message people about being on the podcast, they usually say, Hey, if there's anything you want to talk about, let's fucking talk about it. And, uh, you brought up cooking and mm-hmm. that made me feel insecure because I can't cook shit. No, good grief. <laughs> I oh, that, what, that was like question, right? Your that's question. where the question was, which okay, by the way, so I put this question on Instagram that was like, hey, what's the lowest level that, <laughs> that a grown adult should be able to cook at? And you put like a cake, a box cake, <laughs> which I was like, what the fuck, man? You said like, I, I thought you were like, I don't know. I don't no, know. I was trying, you said the lowest. And so I was trying to make it easy. Like something I can't, that, like, but I can't cook that. If you gave me a can't follow a recipe. Box, no, it's stupid. I can't do that. Oh god. I'm at I'm uh I'm at like mac cheese mac and cheese, grilled cheese type level. All right, that's that's still that's still good. You could survive. Like you wouldn't be barely dying. You'd have you'd have mac and cheese and then you'd you know, you'd have cheese in two ways. Yeah, I mean it's it's protein, I believe. <laughs> I believe it's it's good. It for is protein, you. yeah, you're right, you're right. Pro so protein and carbs and fats. So you'd you'd survive. For a couple of days, at least. Until you got, I mean, you can make grilled cheese, like, you know, go through all the cheeses and find out what you, what you like. <laughs> so are you that guy that, like, you're going to go and, like, spend, like, a billion bucks at the grocery store to get, like, all the weird little ingredients so you can make some weird little food? Um, okay, I know I'm drinking 15-year-old scotch, but I'm not that bougie where I – well, I mean, maybe sometimes. I that's a new that. word, by the way, that's been used a lot lately. Bougie? Really? Bougie. I've heard that a couple oh, times on the podcast of recently. Okay. <laughs> uh i maybe once in a while i'll do that but i i I will use regular everyday ingredients to cook i mean i'm i'm fine with just meat and potatoes just maybe different ways so um i don't have to be super fancy about it but uh i just i just enjoy cooking all right first off i should have said i enjoy eating and so then i enjoy cooking to get the food that i want to eat 
Yeah. So let me ask you this. Are you like, let's use mac and cheese as an example. Like when I Mm -hmm. say mac and cheese, I mean, like, I'm not even going to get craft because that's too expensive. Whatever the store brand is. I don't know if there's Kroger's out in California, but Uh, somewhere out there, I think up in the central Valley there is. Okay. So, so, you know, like I'm going to get the the King supers or I'm going to get the, the Walmart low level mac and cheese. And that is totally good for me. But you're going to actually like buy noodles individually and buy different types of cheeses, aren't you? Uh, I will eat Kraft mac and cheese. I'm not above that. Like it it is good. It has its place. But yeah, I would I would typically uh, buy my own noodles and yeah, make my own cheese sauce um, and like bake a a macaroni and cheese or just on the stovetop. So. God, I'm just laughing at one of the things because I went to Instagram to see what people were saying the lowest level was. And somebody put math and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a fair one. That does work. I mean, that counts. Uh, I've watched Breaking Bad. It looks very difficult. It does. It's way too much math and science. And that was you asked me why I wanted to become a cop is because I did not have to do math. That was a, that's another answer I always say. It's because I didn't have to do math. I mean, if you do a, a bad enough rack, you got to do math. Yeah, we don't we don't do that. Like, I think if uh, I think if we had to do like an accident investigation with like skid marks and like trajectory and acceleration and all that, we would call the troopers and have them come out and and do that. I feel like there's a joke to be made with the skid marks, but we're gonna save that for later. <laughs> Not why we're eating. Okay. <laughs> So uh, we're out right now to determine the lowest level of food you should be able to cook. And there's, there's some pretty good ones here. So we'll, we'll just kind of roll through the right. <laughs> roll through here. Grilled cheese. If you can't, you are a lost cause. It is two. I mean, it, it is pretty much two ingredients. I mean, you could add a little more, but yeah, it's two ingredients and, and some heat. You, and you could make it in a toaster. You could turn your side your toaster sideways if you want to do that. I'm not recommending you do that for safety reasons, but if you wanted to, you could do it in a toaster. You know, here's the problem though, is I've fucked up grilled cheese before. Interesting. So how, I how? might be a, well, you know, you maybe you don't put enough butter in there and it you know it burns or okay. you All flip right. it too soon and then you know you go to flip it and it falls apart that it happens sometimes i, I don't true. know I, I when, I make, when i make grilled cheese it's like in mass because like <laughs> i have like a whole gaggle of children so like i'm not making like <laughs> one so i'm like trying to fucking bust these ones out because everybody you know maybe somebody wants ham on it maybe somebody wants pepper jack on it and i feel rushed you know it starts i'm a mess so maybe i am a lost cause <laughs> Yeah, somebody's going to get one burnt one at least. It's usually the first one, and then you, like, kind of set your tone or, you know, you get the hang of it, and the last one's the best one, like like uh, like omelets. I can't cook an omelet, bro. <laughs> I, I can't. I, I, it takes me a long time. My, I could probably count the number of successful omelets I've made. They usually turn into scrambles, so I'm not that, you know, elite of a chef. This is, like, the oldest joke of all i think the oldest cooking joke of all time is the whole like you know you can't fuck up eggs because if you try to do something else and you fuck it up it's just scrambled that's i mean i kind of disagree because i like my eggs a certain way so i but it would be omelets specifically you know that you you can't mess up well the there was a question eggs was the bottom line somebody had how do you like your eggs 
Uh, usually, I like them over, well, if they're fried, I like them over easy, like sunny side up. If they're scrambled, cook soft. There's a point of, of scrambled where you fuck it up. Like yeah, you go yeah. too far. Cook dry and, and there's brown parts. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have any brown parts in your scrambled eggs. Another joke, but I'm going to leave it. <laughs> On the skid marks. <laughs> yeah, the, my favorite thing to do with scrambled eggs is what I will do is this is like, I'll, I got to be honest. I eat this probably three to four times a week for lunch is I will get baked a couple pieces of bacon. So that mm-hmm. that's my, that's my oil in the pan. Right. Cause I hate right. fucking vegetable oil. I hate, um, coconut oil i i hate right. it it's, i can't do it so the bacon, bacon, bacon is, is, is perfect is really good good oil. yeah so i'll i'll you know cut up some you know tear up some bacon throw it in there and then once that's cooked then i'll throw the eggs in there and scramble the eggs into the bacon and then guacamole and i i could fucking eat that every single fucking day yeah, i love that is, it that is really good it's like a poor man's avocado toast but with uh with eggs instead but no that's that is really good and those go to go good together how um, dare you bring up avocado toast <laughs> good sir i said, I said something bougie already that's that's like uh like top tier bouginess is uh, avocado toast well let's be let's be real here for a minute i make fun of millennials for their love of avocado toast mm-hmm. i don't think i actually know what it is is that basically toast I, with avocado spread that's literally all it is so i don't i don't understand the whole hype about it was that all of last year or just the past couple years of, i think the past couple of years yeah yeah it's been i i've tried it too and it's not anything special or like profound it literally is just mashed avocado on a piece of sometimes fancier bread so like a baguette or something um and then topped with some sort of seasoning like usually like everything bagel season seasoning which is good so it is good but it's not like mind-blowing you know what's my favorite stupid joke is um you know my drug test you know came back or whatever and it was like oh it's a a poppy seed bagel and they're like no it's for whatever and it's like well isn't everything bagel um <laughs> I remember one time I was at a, a coffee place with my buddy and I didn't get breakfast. So I was like, ah, I'm going to get the, I'll get the poppy seed muffin or whatever. And he's like, bro, what if they call you in for the drug test? And I was like, dude, that is a fucking urban myth. <laughs> he's convinced it's true. I don't really, we're at a point we can put a man on the moon allegedly. And I think we did. I don't know. A lot of people don't think we did anymore. That, that no, could I'm be in a studio. We put him on a moon. Okay, here's here's the thing. Even if it was in a studio, we still put them on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we're to this point of technology that, but we can't have drug tests that you can say, uh, that's opium, and that's <laughs> poppy seed. I don't know. I don't buy that. Yeah, I think the concentration levels will be pretty pretty differential. Plus, I don't think anybody uh, or any company is literally like has poppy fields like opium poppy fields out back where they're pulling the seeds from. I don't, I don't think it's the same kind. I'm pretty sure that most, you know, I think Einstein bagels, they, they harvest their bagels and their poppy seeds straight from Afghanistan. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. There's shipment in and the government allows them to like, oh, we, we, won't, we don't care about that uh, unregulated amount of poppies coming in. That's just for the bagels. Yeah. You, every time, you know, they get the delivery, they got some guy with an AK-47 out back with like, you know, a weird looking truck delivering their poppy seeds. <laughs> 
Oh, what the fuck are we even talking about? I don't, I don't know. We talked about food, and this is where, where it ended up at, right? Poppy seeds. Uh, that's a also a early contender for the name of the podcast. Uh, poppy seeds. That's, that's poppy a good seeds. one. Uh, the next one is spaghetti. I So I thought of that before I answered uh, your, the question. I thought of spaghetti, but I guess it, you could argue it either way. Like, yeah, it's literally like you boil water and then put pasta in and then maybe a jar of sauce and you just dump it together but i do know people that can't boil water so that might be out wait a second you know people that cannot boil water yes like have trouble i should say have trouble boiling water i mean do they live where you work (laughs) they might but no this is this is before i worked here it was somebody i knew before 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 that even and it was like how could you not like do you turn the heat up too high and all the water disappears like you don't watch it like what what disconnect do you have with reality and just common sense that you can't do that simple task so remember folks this person votes (laughs) so so, but i guess that's that is probably the simplest one just but then you that's the same as a you know the same as a grilled cheese where it's like two ingredients that you could easily mess up. So you want to know the level of laziness I'm at now with my (laughs) spaghetti, because I think parents with a bunch of kids know spaghetti is like one of the easiest things you can fucking cook. It's it's a staple diet for the, for the children. Yeah. It's, I ate a lot of spaghetti growing up and I don't have any health problems. I'm not fat, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but it's cheap. I mean, you think about it, you can feed a family of eight for like three bucks. Right. And where my laziness has come in is I I started out with the personally, I I could go either way on sauce. I could go ragu. I could go prego, whatever. Mm -hmm. I I used to boil it. Right. Because I'm like, "Ah, I want the sauce to be warm. Right. I was like, (laughs) nah, that's too much. That's an extra big dish. So then I started microwaving the sauce and Tupperware. And then I got to Tupperware. Say what? Oh, yeah. Your Tupperware is. Yeah. Tupperware is forever orange after that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then that's an easy Trump joke, by the way, but I'm going to I was going to, but I was like, no, that's too, too easy. Too easy. That's low hanging fruit there. Yeah. Um, But then, then you, then I've gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, hold on a second. The pasta is warm. This is a lot of buildup for like a very, (laughs) I know where this is going, but I'm letting you do it. (laughs) Yeah. The pasta is warm. What if, what if I just poured directly from the jar onto the pasta? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I did it. That, that is a step saver. Significant. And dish saver. Yeah, it totally. And, you know, my kids are weird, too, where, like, sometimes they'll eat, like, the whole box of it. And then sometimes mm-hmm. they like, ah, whatever. And I've just gotten to the point where, you know, like, I, I used to, like, save the sauce, too, where I'm like, okay, this jar of sauce costs you know a buck 50 tops right it's half full we're probably not going to use it i'm just going to throw it away and again saves my tupperware from turning orange that's true and you're you're right it is it it always is like a like a absurd amount of sauce left like it's like too little to make another dish um and more than you like you feel comfortable throwing away just right away but yeah it's it's not worth it yeah, completely, completely. Now, the next one on here is meat, rice, and a vegetable plate. That's 
I, I think don't too think, complex. I don't think I know how to make rice, to be honest with you. I mean, it's already made, right? Oh. It's just right. You got to do something right. with rice. I don't oh, eat rice man. at all, oh, except at Chipotle. <laughs> there, there's a couple ways to make rice. There is an easy way to make rice if you just get a rice cooker. So that that's like, if you have that, that's a simple way to, you can't mess that up. So it's possible, but then you can mess up the meat part of it, depending on the type of meat. So I think it's too, uh, that's too open-ended. Like, uh, if you say spaghetti, like, those are the two ingredients you can nail down. But meat, vegetable, and rice, like, only one of those is real simple. Well, I mean, vegetables are already vegetables, so I, I don't think you got to do anything there. That's true, true. You, but, know, you can just heat them up in the microwave. Yeah. The, the meat part, though, here's the thing is you could, if you're talking just survivalist, mm-hmm. You could fuck up the meat and still live because ultimately, even if it tastes bad, as long as you've cooked it enough to cook out all the bacteria, bacteria. and whatever, yeah. you're good to go. That's true. That's true. Yeah, you're good to you go. Could do that. Or you could get pre-cooked meat. I mean, you could get like uh, like saw those chickens at the grocery stores. You could just get one of those pre-cooked chickens. So it wouldn't be too difficult to just get one of those and you slap it next to some rice and some microwave vegetables and you didn't even have to do anything. You know, as I've made the point. I don't know if I made the point on the podcast, but I, I think at some points are the survival of the fittest thing has kind of changed quite a bit and maybe is non-existent. Mm-hmm. And we live in a point in time where, to be honest, you don't have to do any of that stuff. You can literally go drive. Most people in America live with what, like a half hour from a McDonald's at, at the very, at the most probably. Yeah. <laughs> You don't have to do anything. You go to the gas station, you can find something to live off of. You're not yeah. probably not going to feel great. But <laughs> After the, the gas station burritos. Yeah, but you're, you're going to survive. You don't actually have to do anything for yourself. You don't have to, you don't have to harvest food. You don't have to hunt for food. It's <laughs> all there. Well, just like we learned, like probably was expounded with the uh, COVID was you don't even have to leave your house now to get food from places you like. So now there's DoorDash or uber eats uh whatever the case is uh you can use all that to get your food delivered so you don't even have to you can have what you really like and have it delivered to you now our our fearless and beloved leader he (laughs) said something about a food shortage which (laughs) you know obviously like that's 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 a problem Mm -hmm. that's a that's a big fucking problem that's pretty so so it could be worrisome yes and I just got to thinking, about, I was like, if that's like an actual thing, like an act, you know, is it going to be a food shortage? Like, well, you know, we're maybe not have this or that, you know, you're not going to be able to make your fancy avocado <laughs> toast because there's going to be an avocado <laughs> shortage. Or are we going to actually not have enough food to feed people? So I'm a little, I'm, I guess I'm, it's not a worry because didn't they like ban avocados or they did an embargo like a month or so ago? And I haven't seen avocado. They were expensive. They were significantly more expensive. When I went to get them the other day, but they're not like, you know, in short supply. So I guess that didn't really pan out or become an issue. I'm not sure. I, that guy says a lot of shit that like three days or like three hours later, they're like, well, what he actually meant <laughs> was. <laughs> yeah. So we'll who knows? Walk back so much stuff. <laughs> yeah. So maybe they just forgot to walk back the food shorter. When I, they were they were dealing with the whole, uh, you know, regime change thing in Russia that they forgot about the food shortage one. But I got to thinking about. If that actually happened here, 
Mm-hmm. That would be bad. That would that be very, very bad. Because, there, I mean, I don't have fucking food. I don't have a garden. I don't have animal. I mean, my dogs, but they're not, you know. <laughs> I, can't I, can't eat my, I can't eat my work dog, unfortunately. I mean, I guess I could, but it'd be bad they, for business. Things get bad enough. You got Man's got to eat, man. You got to do what you got to do. I have some other animals I might be able to eat, but uh, hopefully it doesn't come to that. But yeah, no, I, I had I had a garden. The, having the canine kind of changed that. And it is true. Maybe you've seen like the memes of like people, they spent, you know, always oh, spent thousands of dollars to get $2 in vegetables. That's how the past couple of years have been with it. So I don't have like a significant garden where I could live off of or sustain my family for weeks or months even. Um, off of the produce I've cultivated, unfortunately. Yeah, no, nobody is prepared. And I, I'm not. And I'm like, I'm saying this. I'm not going to go run out and buy a bunch of canned goods. And I, I'm not either, honestly. Probably should, but you never know. I, and the survivalist that's like sharpening their knife as they listen to this podcast be like, well, don't come to my house, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, not come to my house. I, one of my partners, he's, he's probably got everything set up. Uh, he's probably the most prepared out of everybody. And he's probably like, no, you're not, you're not coming to my house if you're struggling. So <laughs> <laughs> fuck yourself. Somebody put lasagna level and below. Bro, I ain't making lasagna. That's, no, that if you're talking about the simplest thing, that's way too complicated. Like, if lasagna level and below, then you can't. Yeah, so spaghetti is way less complicated than lasagna. So I mean, lasagna is not that hard, though, right? It's just time consuming, right? Well, it's time consuming, and like you got to build like the yeah, like you said, time consuming. So you're all the ingredients that go into it is what's going to take you forever, and then. You probably could eat it, but it may not be the best tasting. So if you if you mess it up, I mean, so that's that's too complicated. That leaves too much room for error. Yeah. Now, there's somebody put in here anything that has air fryer instructions. Man, we used to that. We used the fuck out of that for a while, but well, really my wife did. And it was basically like, hey, take it out when it steams kind of thing. Okay. Or turn it (laughs) off or whatever. Okay. I can I can manage that. And I don't know. We really just kind of got away from it because I don't know why hmm. we just yeah, stopped I'm using kind of the opposite. Like I wasn't using mine as like, we took a while for us to finally get one, but we got one and now I use it for a lot more stuff, which is kind of nice because now I'm like catching up with all that, that huge hype that everybody had. Um, but it is, it is convenient, um, especially for kids. I mean, like heating up chicken nuggets, uh and everything else for them like usually you can just throw it in the air fryer and it turns out really well i found it to be here's a big word cumbersome that's a big word i love that word i found it to be very cumbersome it's kind of a pain in the ass to clean out right god i'm trying to think of the name of the band that had that song that was a long time ago cumbersome yeah have you never heard that song Mm, no that's not familiar like a good like 90s alternative rock song um i played it in a band i was in a long time ago not very well but yeah i just it was kind of a pain in the ass to clean out i felt (laughs) this is really stupid right for as quick as the food got done it felt (laughs) like it was hot for a long time (laughs) is that you know what i'm saying like most stuff you cook it and it cools off within like a couple minutes yeah that shit is fucking hot it's almost nuclear but yeah, I mean, it does its job too well. That that's the problem. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know it. 
I've found, you know, I've tried for a long time to change my diet and eat different foods. It's like, oh, just eat this stuff and you'll feel better. And don't get me wrong, like good eating is good eating. Like I'm not going to complain, but God, dude, sometimes I just want a fucking greasy hamburger, man. Yeah, that's true. Like just something deep fried and all that. I just want a fucking piece of pizza. I just want, you know, I. We were just talking about this the other day. Heating up, reheating pizza in the air fryer is. pretty pretty good because and if you monitor the time to where it's not like too hot but it gets it like crispy if you like crispy crust then it works works really well i i gotta be honest man i am a cold pizza kind of guy of course you are <laughs> what do you mean of course what do you mean <laughs> what do you mean by that you said, you said uh, like bottom shelf bottom shelf alcohol <laughs> bottom bottom shelf uh, box mac and cheese and then cold pizza <laughs> oh and and the king of beers too <laughs> I think the word you're looking for is simple. Good, sir. Uh, Not all of us are as bougie as you are. (laughs) No, I just, I think it's, I don't know, man. I I don't need much, I guess. Yeah, I mean, pizza is is good, cold or hot. So, I mean, you can't, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. That's a hard thing to fuck up as a pizza. Yeah, it is. Even if you go to the store and you get like the crust, Mm -hmm. you fucking put tomato sauce and cheese on it. You have a pizza. So I still actually will do that. Like, even if I make a somewhat fancy pizza, like if I make my own, make my own sauce or whatever, I will use a pre-made crust because those are still good. And it's hard to, like you said, it's hard to mess up that aspect of it. So, yeah, I, man, I love pizza though. I could, I could do a whole podcast on pizza. <laughs> this uh, this has probably been the most that I recall that you've talked about food on your podcast, <laughs> which is weird because I'm a big fat guy. So you'd think I would talk about food all the time. I thought I thought we would get like because uh, I was uh, I had to take a trip for work last week and I was listening to the one uh, where was the officer? It was another California cop, and we you were talking about gear for a long time, um, and that was I really liked that one because I kind of like different gear and like changing out my stuff on my vest and whatnot so to work efficiently so i thought we would end up on that topic but food food is also another great topic to talk about for hours on end dude i don't know what i'm doing so i just whatever i just i just do i just you know i every time i try to plan something out (laughs) it it just doesn't work so i just kind of fly by the seat of my pants and it it seems to work out well i I do know that I got away from the Instagram type questions for a while because I always felt rushed to get everything in kind of thing. Not oh, to okay. go too inside of the baseball here, but I just, I think there's a balance, right? Where I gotta, I gotta get everybody. I want everybody to have a speak. I, I can't even talk. I want everybody to have an opportunity to speak their piece and tell their story. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause as douchey as that sounds, that's, that's what we're doing here. Right. Yeah. That's kind of the idea that's, behind it. That's the so. whole idea behind it. Um, yeah. But then it's also fun to do the dumb shit on Instagram too. So it's, yeah. I, I'm going to try and throw it in a little more often here or there, but I, I don't want it to be the whole show. So now yeah, everybody listening, balance. there you go. Yeah. Cause then you, then you, uh, you know, you reach out to your people and, or you interact with your fans or whatever you want to call them and they get a, a good balance of both. Do you, the people that listen to this podcast, do you know what you guys need to do for me besides, <laughs> you know, be, you know, pay money to me <laughs> in some way or another. The other thing that you guys need to do, which I think would be cool. And I'm bestowing this on you because I can't do it for you. Okay. There's got, I think like every good rock band or every good group has a, 
a name that the fans call themselves. Because oh, I think true. calling people fans is weird. Right. So I would I would love if somebody came up with like a fucking funny nickname for the people that listen to the podcast. I mean, I could say the millions. You know, you guys are one of the millions. Yeah, but it doesn't. I mean, it's not like specific to your your podcast. So I see what you mean. Like, I mean, are your your poorlies? The poorlies? Yeah. That kind of. I mean, that sounds like a band. I mean, like the it kind of sounds like a band. Yeah. So it's got to be. There's something there. I, it's got to be something to do dungeon something to do poorly. Oh, right. a little, it has to be a little bit of everything. And it could be <laughs> one word, but it has to, to, to paint a picture. Right. So I, yeah, I, I'll tell you what, if somebody sends me a message and they have something like perfect for it, I'll probably make mm-hmm. a t-shirt out of it. And then I'll send you a fucking free t-shirt. So, and I won't right. pay you anything else because I need the money. Um, right. <laughs> I was actually thinking about uh, having like a design contest for it because I put out the uh, the shirt for the the podcast and not everybody wants a shirt that has a blow up doll on it. I've discovered. Yeah, that's kind of I mean, <laughs> it's kind of like specific. I got to one. <laughs> it's funny for a mug, but I got yeah. one and I'm like. I'm not going to wear this anywhere. It has a sex doll on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, what am I doing here? Yeah, you're really um, limited. That's what that's all weird I was looking for. It's just limited as to where you can wear, wear that out. Yeah, the, uh, you can wear it at the poorly made police memes conference. But other than that, <laughs> you couldn't do it. So I, I, I'm thinking about doing a design contest if there's any um, designers out there to design a shirt. But, mm-hmm. but that's, that's a story for another day. Let's talk about some more food. All right. Yeah. This guy says hot Cheetos and Mountain Dew is all the nutrition that you need. I mean, yeah, if you, I mean, if you want to go super simple, but then, I mean, that kind of goes back to like, you could just go to a gas station and get like some semblance of real food. But yeah, if you just want to get a bag of something and a can of a beverage, then yeah, he's not, he's not wrong either. No, I mean, everything's simple. Toast. Toast. Yeah. yeah. If you can't make toast, that's like boiling water. Though, if you yeah, can't figure out a, exactly. your toaster, it you does can it either for mess you. that up or you can get it just right and you'll be fine and you'll you'll be able to survive. Just fill yourself up with like eight pieces of toast and you'll be all right. This is this could probably have a debate right here. You should be able to grill anything that could be grilled. Mm, that is a good debate because I that is one thing I am starting to excuse me, excel at, and I disagree with, like, the ease of it, because it was a learning curve, like, you can't just throw something on the grill and have it either be good or be edible, because, like, the toast, you can either burn it or you can undercook it, and obviously, if you undercook some meat, then you're going to be screwed, so, or you just can't eat it, and then you throw it back on the grill, and then you overcook it, and then it's not edible, so. Yeah, I think, I, I'll, I'll be straight up if uh if you told me hey go cook, cook a steak i could make a steak right mm-hmm. but it's not going to be the best steak that you've ever had <laughs> um occasionally i'll sneak one in i my wife is a, a really good cook her no, dad's a really good cook i'm gonna fucking shit on my parents a little bit here my <laughs> parents can't cook my dad can cook some fucking mean lasagna but mm-hmm. I remember here's a here's a story about poorly made to go deep into my childhood trauma. <laughs> I was gonna say that where where this uh, all the tragedy and uh, mental trauma comes from. Yes, uh, this is a big one. So my mom used to make steaks, 
God, I feel so bad talking bad about my mom because that, that's not something you should do. But it's funny. She used to make steaks and they were awful, like <laughs> awful. She very would gray. Yes. Well, everything's well, very gray, very cheap meat, which I didn't know at the time. I just right. thought that is how steak tasted. And I was like, why does anybody like this? <laughs> now, I would drown it in um, 57 and it was OK because mm-hmm. steak sauce is good, but yeah. it was rough, right? It was <laughs> it was rough. If I didn't have 57, it was going to be a bad time. <laughs> And when I first started dating my wife, I was 19 or 20 years old and uh, we went to Chili's and she's like, oh, they have okay steak here, which let's be honest, they don't. But <laughs> I, I was like, oh, I, I hate For a 19 year old, it's not bad. It's, it's not it's bad now. Uh, she's like, I, I was like, oh, I don't like steak. She's like, you don't like steak? And I was like, no, it's gross and it's chewy. And, and she's like, <laughs> well, how do you normally get it cooked? And I was like, what do you mean? There's different ways to get it cooked. <laughs> He's like, all right, why don't you have a bite of my medium rare steak? It changed my life. Oh man. It changed my life. And I was fucking 19. How much did I miss <laughs> food wise? Right. Now her dad is like a nice Gordon Ramsay. Like he doesn't yeah. yell at people. So I just said Gordon Ramsay because he's the only cook I could think of. Right. Her dad, holy shit. Like anytime we go over there, I was like, oh, I can't wait for him to cook because it's so good. That's the highlight um, of his visit. Yeah. Anytime I go, and by the way, if any of my fucking brothers are taking my mom somewhere, don't play them the pot this podcast, you assholes. <laughs> um he's talking crap about your cooking. Yeah, I'm gonna get killed on this. Uh <laughs> I'm gonna hear about this someday. Someday. Yeah, it was bad. It was overall bad, but my mom can cook mean fucking chocolate chip cookies. I will give her credit for that. That's, that's important. And those are, those are good because people can mess those up really badly. So yeah. Well, and good. hers are definitely weird. I, I don't, I've never had cookies like them, but they are so good. How's, I don't know. How, how are they weird? I don't know. She just fucked them up, but they tasted good. Okay. I, I, I have no I other, like, that. yeah, I, and my kids don't like them, but I, I sure as fuck like them. Maybe it just, it reminds me of my childhood. I don't know, but they I yeah, do like them. Comfort food. Yeah. I have a similar story about my mom as far as the overcooked uh, meat. Um, she's never going to listen to this. So, but I don't feel bad telling it because she, uh, growing up, we also, she would cook pork chops and they were, she'd get like the thinnest pork chops she could. Cause obviously again, they're cheap and she'd cook them to death. And they would be dry and chewy. And I mean, pork is, when it's dry, it's awful. And so, and I, I don't remember really having steak growing up, but I remember, I think I was 13 and I went out with some friends and their dad took us out to a steakhouse. And he was like, I'll pay for your steak, but you're going to get it like medium or medium well or something like that. And that was my, I didn't know you could get it other ways either. And so that was like my eye-opening experience with with food at that time. And so from then on, I was like, all right, I'm never having like a well-done steak ever again because it's it, the taste is so much different. This uh, all this food talk and this stupid <laughs> fucking fasting, I'm like, fucking. This <laughs> is a I'm horrible hungry. topic for this week uh, or for this time horrible, period. Horrible, horrible, horrible. <laughs> um, here's where we're gonna end the food talk and okay. then get get into my dumb shit. Okay. Hot dog. You can't cook a hot dog. Yeah, because there's. I think that that's a, that is another good one because there's different ways to cook a hot dog, and so 
you know, you can pick whichever way you're successful at. You can microwave it, which I would strongly disagree on. I mean, you can get them from 7-Eleven and they're not horrible, or you could cook it on the stove. You could cook it on, that is one, I, I take back my previous statement. That is one thing you could cook on the grill and not mess, mess up. Well, it's, yeah, it, I, I feel like they're all pre-cooked, right? Well, yeah, they're pre-cooked. I mean, if you want to be an animal and eat it cold, with your cold pizza and your uh, Budweiser, then go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, it's <laughs> like one of those things you can't, you can undercook it and it might not taste the best, but you're not going to die from it. Kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're cheap. They are so fucking dirt cheap. You can get Although, like the, the bologna ones and you'll be good. I got to be honest, man. I If I do hot dogs, it's got to be Nathan's. Nathan's are really good. I really like Nathan's. We, yeah. uh, and those Nathan's are like, those are like four bucks a pop. Which, I forget how much they are out here, but they're they are cheap. Yeah, so I mean, four bucks for like eight hot dogs. I'm not like I'm not a millionaire here. Okay, that's a lot of money <laughs> for a pack. What's a pack of eight? Yeah. Do you want to hear how I cook a hot dog? People are gonna uh, fucking be screaming at the radios. <laughs> Again, oh. laziness and having right. a bunch of kids. Yeah, and you're cooking for a crowd, a very an easy crowd at that. Sometimes they're kind of picky assholes when it comes to eating sometimes but i here's what i will do i will warm them up in the microwave i won't cook them all the way in the microwave i will just kind of warm them up as the the um the pan is Mm -hmm. warming up and then uh oh here's some more childhood trauma we'll talk about this in a second how my mom cooks hot dogs (laughs) it should be child abuse the way my mom (laughs) cooks hot dogs uh and then i'll put them in the grill not in the grill but on a, a pan on the stove Right. Until they're, you know, they look cooked. That's how I make hot dogs. That's that's fine. I I yeah, am not against that. that. I won't berate you for that one. That's how I cook my for my kid. If he wants a hot dog, I'll I'll do him like that for him. Now, yeah, let me let me tell you what is child abuse is boiling water and putting hot dogs in it. <laughs> like a like a full fully submerged pot of boiling mushy hot dogs. Stop. Mom, <laughs> if you listen to this, stop doing that. It's that so is gross. really bad. It's so gross. Um, I mean, I'll eat them because that's like the best thing to eat at your house, but it's bad. <laughs> so uh, back to when I was in construction, we worked at this one job site and they were like, oh, we'll got, we'll got, we have a lunch for you guys since you're working late. Um, and it was boiled hot dogs. And everybody was like, are you serious? Like you're serious? Like these mushy hot dogs. I mean, we had no right to complain because it was free, but it was still pretty bad. All right. So here's here's a weird thing that happened. Um, and I can't believe I let my kids eat this. And then we'll get into my dumb stuff. Is this year we were trick-or-treating and the country life is different. I, I don't I don't know how to tell you all this, but it's just different. I, I can't articulate everything, but I feel like for the most part, I trust people out here a lot more than I did in the city, which mm-hmm. is probably not exactly maybe the wisest thing it could go either way it could go either way yeah there are people on halloween handing out corn dogs Hmm. and i let my kids eat one and then he's like this is weird and then i i I ate it i'm like this is weird (laughs) it wasn't but here's what it tasted like it tasted and i don't know how they did it but like the breading on the dog itself fine Mm -hmm. The um the dog tasted like it had been boiled. 
Did How do like you do that to a corn dog? Maybe they made them homemade or they were old. Yeah. So I think maybe they were just old. That'd be the one thing I would think they would that they that would result in that. That was probably one of my bigger parenting mistakes of the last uh, year or two is letting my kids eat corn. They're still dogs. alive, right? I know. They're they're alive right now. Yes. So right, they're fine. They're fine. That I I I I got away with that one. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> well, let's uh let's turn into kind of the where we usually end some of these podcasts with my dumb fucking questions. All right. And and I'm actually going to throw a brand new one at you. Oh, sweet. So, but the first one, good sir, in your opinion, what is the best patrol car of all time? So I started in Crown Vicks and I did really like them, but I didn't spend too much time in Crown Vicks. So I can't give a, what's it called? An educated opinion on them. Um, I, but I've had a Taurus and now an Explorer. Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember if I've been in a Tahoe or not. I, I've never been in a Tahoe. So, oh, and I've been in a Charger. So a char- I started in a Crown Vic, Charger, uh, Taurus, and Explorer. So out of those, uh, I'm going to have to say the Explorer just because I have a canine now. So that's the only exception to it. But I would go with the Crown Vic otherwise. Okay, that's, I mean, that I can live with that. Are you ready for the new question? No stress. Yes, and you're ready. not prepped at all, so. Oh, great. It's not that bad. <laughs> Is it okay in any circumstance as a police officer to call yourself a sheepdog in any sort of public forum, online no. or in real life? Negative, no. What do, you, what do you think about the whole sheepdog thing? I mean, if somebody else wants to, like, call us that, okay but i think the whole that whole thing with uh, i'm a sheepdog i'm protecting i'm mean, I mean, it's super well for one it's super cliche i think it's more cliche than saying like the reason behind wanting to be a cop is so you can drive fast shoot guns blah 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 like it's just it's way too corny and cliche because like i mean i'm a sheepdog i protect the evil that you pretend doesn't exist all that it's, it's stupid <laughs> It's stupid. So it need it needs to stop and go away. I mean, yes, there are people that need protecting, uh, people that we protect from victimization. But and people are sheep at times. But to call your you shouldn't. Uh, I go by the George was it George Costanza or Seinfeld. You don't give yourself a nickname. That's that's a no no. <laughs> yes, I like that. <laughs> I haven't thought about that in a while, but yeah, I yeah. think that fits that pretty well. All right, the moment you've been waiting for. I know you've been waiting a long time for this. <laughs> I think I know which one this is. <laughs> Good sir, do you have a shitty story to tell us? Have you ever pooped your pants as a grown I, adult? I have as an adult. I have, unfortunately. It was, uh, I'll never forget because I'll never let myself do that again. Uh, <laughs> it was years ago. I won't name it how many years ago, but it was years ago. And <laughs> it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I, what did I eat? I don't remember what I ate. How much was it? I can't remember what I ate. But, anyways, was at work, felt kind of funky all, all day at work. Got home. Uh, the house I lived at had a really long driveway. Uh, I remember everything about it, if you can't tell. Uh, a really long driveway. Went to take the trash out. Um, walked down to the end of the driveway to take the trash can down. And then I was like, oh man, my stomach is rumbling a little bit. I was like, let me just, you know, let some of this go while I'm walking. Farted and it was not a fart. It was 
it was something more. So I like walked back, like waddled back to the house to, you know, take care of myself and clean up and go to the bathroom. And then a little bit later, thought the same thing. And I don't know why. This is probably the, the stupidest moment because the first one is an accident. The second time shouldn't be an accident. What's um, what's the George Bush thing? Like the first time is on me, and the second yeah. time that's <laughs> fool me that's once. not on fool no, me I'm once. Not gonna, yeah. fool, fool you. You, can't, you can't get fooled again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was laying in bed and again farted, and it wasn't a fart. Um, it wasn't too. It wasn't bad, but it was. It, it was not clean. So um, that'll never, ever, ever happen again. I learned. I learned my lesson, but uh, and I, I still don't remember what I ate. But I haven't had that problem since. But I always feel it's a good story just because it happened twice in like a couple hours. So you know, I think everybody every once in a while. I don't know where we're going with this, but <laughs> I think every once in a while, you know, you'll, you'll let one out and it may not even be something noticeable, but you know, you're doing your laundry and you're like, man, I don't remember doing this. <laughs> like not a lot, but like, you know, like they call them a skid mark, right. Um, yeah. Or yeah. I have a bad diet. I don't know. Um, yeah. I I have a theory on the pooping your pants thing. I, I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm doing a case study. I'm not doing ready a thesis to release on it. I'm doing a thesis. I'm going to put it out in Nature and Science Journal um, after a peer review. But I, 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 you know, I, I talk this big game like I shit my pants every week, um, and that's not true, right? No, no. Every once in a while, I have a little trouble stopping and leave some skid marks. But um, God, one of my kids fucking all the time. I don't know what's going on with him. But yeah, I'm doing it as long as like, uh, soggy corn dogs. dogs. Yeah, it's the corn. It's the soggy corn dogs. That's what it is. Uh, <laughs> but uh, here's the thing with the fart, though. It's sometimes you might like the the second time I shit my pants, and it was actually recently. I I didn't even feel that sick. I was just like, eh, my tummy hurts a little bit. Maybe I'll fart mm-hmm. and I'll feel better. It wasn't like, oh, I feel weird. And I I fucking let loose, man. I didn't think anything of it, and I was like, holy. F- fuck what the hell totally <laughs> unexpected right not again yeah well the first time was not like that at all it was it was a big panic but um <laughs> and I, I get i did a whole christmas story about poop almost pooping my pants on christmas <laughs> but i uh here's the thing man you might you may not have control over that is yeah. you might think you're totally fine and um your anus has different plans yeah, so miscommunication between the between the two ends and uh wrong signals get sent i god i i wish i could um remember verbatim this tiktok i saw but it was a the plot of the the tiktok was some guy standing at a door and it's like poop wants to come through and he's like nope can't come through right now oh yeah i I know that one yeah yeah yeah, that one's pretty funny he's disguised Um, and then he like turns around and is disguised in a fart and he's like oh yeah you can come through yeah (laughs) Yeah. just for you even though i murdered it i'm gonna keep it in for you do you have a word of the day for the millions of people that try and throw in their reports so I, and over the I air? I forget already because I had a few drinks. I forget what my word was earlier. Um, it was a fancy word, a fancy boy word. So maybe somebody else can remember. But I, I, one I wanted to use was a uh, oh for word of the day for getting in the reports. I I'd, I'd say convoluted because that's something that I've used before, and it's kind of a funny story behind it. And I forget if people tell their story as to why they use the words. Um, 
But I'll no, tell go it for anyways. It. Yeah. Uh, we contacted this guy. This was not one of our patients. He just happened to be have mental issues. We contacted him at the 7-Eleven. Uh, actually, no, behind the 7-Eleven. He was bothering some people because he was trying to buy drugs. And they were like, can you get this guy out of here? So we were talking to him. And he was telling me his story as to like where he was and what he was doing. And there was me and uh, another FTO who had a trainee. I was I didn't have a trainee at the time, but another FTO did. And I was contacting the guy and talking to him. And then uh, he was telling me a story. And I was like, that's really convoluted. And like he looked at me like and glared at me and wouldn't talk to me for the rest of the contact. He only wanted to talk to somebody else because he didn't like that. I used that big word. Maybe he didn't understand it, but I couldn't understand a word like his word salad of a story um, was so, so bad. And so anytime like uh, my partners, like we talk about something and it gets a little complicated, we'll talk about how convoluted it is. That's kind of a inside joke that we have. So that's a good, that is a good word too. I, convoluted. I, I would use that in reports just to – people may not believe this. I might not be able to say other correctly in a bunch of other words. By the way, I got to – I don't know if this podcast – no, it is out because my I got a text message. I'm an idiot. But my brother uh, sent me a message. He's like, how do you – how many X's are in espresso? Oh. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he's like, you said – Expresso, and I was like, I don't know, espresso. Leave me alone, man. I can't talk, and I chose to make a podcast. Leave me alone. Saying that uh, when you had the guy from, uh, well, he wasn't from Louisville, but he was from that area, and yeah. my fam, my family's from Louisville. So when he was saying how to say it, I was like, I know that's the one thing I do know is how to say that. Yeah, but yeah, espresso. My wife gets on me for that espresso and. Uh, the other one is irregardless. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one to fuck up. Yeah. I, I did. I found great pleasure and great joy in just using off the wall words in a report, but that fit. You know, you can't mm -hmm. just throw something in just to throw it in. And, but convoluted is such a great word to put into the report because it's, it paints a picture, right? Where, you know, instead of putting, I didn't mm -hmm. understand what he was saying is say <laughs> this guy, you know, he gave me his account of what happened. It was convoluted, but this was yeah. what it I understood. Yeah. And, and yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, this is my, my moment of clarity for you guys. Every once in a while I say something, I think that makes sense is that those great describing words and reports are just fucking mm. awesome, man. It, it helps your cause and it makes you look a lot smarter than you probably are. Cause you're a cop. The other one is uh the, it's maybe not a word of the day, but direct quotes are always fun because they, if they say something really off the wall and getting somehow working it into the report, then you get to type, you know, funky stuff in there. It's always, and it's sometimes always you get to, to testify to it, which is also entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What's funny? Well, well, buddy, do you have any imparting words of wisdom for all the millions of people that are going to listen to this podcast someday? Oh, gosh, that's a lot of that's more pressure than the other question. But you knew uh, it was coming. Yeah, that's true. You've had um, all this time to prepare. Don't let me down. No pressure. Wow. Uh, don't be don't don't be dumb. <laughs> don't, don't be dumb. Uh, don't get in trouble outside of work. And um, if you didn't write it, it didn't happen. That's a good one. That is a great one because. You know, I, I like the whole, you know, using great words, but you can't make it up. Yeah. 
Yeah, especially in the day of the days of no, it shouldn't especially especially. There we especially? go. Especially, especially. That's gonna be my new thing. Is any e word is gonna be an ex word now? <laughs> um, especially the uh, the day of body camera. You can't even really say that because you should have been telling the truth before. Yeah. If yeah. it didn't happen, it didn't happen. It Don't need to have make been it a up. huge uptick in how many complaints. Well, not I wouldn't say complaints, but how many things you were able to dispel with body cams compared to, you know, just your regular reporting functions that you had before. Yeah. If if you lie, you die. Remember that. Yeah. So it'll end your career. Well, with that said, buddy, thanks for all your time, man. I, I learned a lot about what you do. And I think I thought it was a pretty funny conversation about food and shit in your pants so yeah it ended in uh in correct sequence so <laughs> yes it did yes you eat it thanks. and then it exits thanks for having me yeah no problem man so you guys know what to do do all those things to help this podcast survive and grow if you want to be a monthly donor of the podcast you steal your mom's credit card especially after she kicks cooks you shitty food and to become a monthly donor and uh Gives me a couple bucks to a uh, little jingle in my pocket, so to speak, to uh, keep the lights on down here in the dungeon. And uh, I got all kinds of merch. The coins, I think, at this point will be back. So be looking out for those. And then, uh, of course, take care of the fine sponsors of the podcast and let them know that when you do patronize them, that you heard about them from me and that helps my cause. So with that said, remember, never trust a fart. It's all bullshit. And I love most of you. Bye-bye.